industrial food system provides us with chemical laden manufactured food products. And that's, they actually call it that in the industry. These are manufactured food products and they're not good for our health. And by growing your own food, you're, you can control what's going into it. You know, you can grow an organic garden. And so the food is healthier for you. It is picked at its peak of ripeness. So it's most tasty. And at the same time, it's most nutritious for you. This episode is brought to you by the Blissful Parenting Toolbox. If you're looking for better ways to communicate with your child, deal with challenging behavior, or just improve your parenting skills, our free Parenting Toolbox contains the best resources from our expert workshops as well as contributions from our podcast guests. These tools could be the missing link that you've been looking for to solve everyday parenting challenges and to access highly effective ways to communicate with your child without triggering conflict, arguments, or meltdowns. The best part is that these resources, tools, and templates are completely free and are a gift to you for being a valued member of our community and subscriber to our show. To get free instant access to the Blissful Parenting Toolbox today by visiting www.blissfulparenting.com forward slash toolbox. That address again, www.blissfulparenting.com forward slash toolbox. Register today and we'll see you on the inside. Hello, hello, Blissful Parents. Michelle Abraham, your host here today. I am joined with Greg Peterson. Greg, how are you? Fantastic. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, uh, Blissful Parents, you're in for a treat today. We have not had an expert on our show talking anything about what we're going to talk about today. So this is really exciting. Um, Let me share a little bit more about Greg with you guys. So um, Greg has got a fabulous podcast um, and he's got a business called urbanfarm.org. So uh, what if there was a garden and a fruit tree in every yard? This is a question that Greg ponders every day. For over 32 years, he created one of Phoenix's top first environmental showcase homes for urban farming. The quarter acre farm featured a primarily edible landscape with over 80 fruit trees, rainwater and gray water harvesting, solar applications and extensive use of reclaimed land and recycled building materials. And in 2003, urbanfarm.org was created as an online portal for urban farming education. And then in 2015, Greg created the urbanfarmpodcast.com that is just six years in the making. That's a lot of time. That's a long time in podcasting world, guys. And over 700 episodes, which is amazing. And that's 3.2 million listens to date. So on his days off, he hangs out in the garden with Heidi, his sweetheart, and Kismet, his, their pooch, creating new projects and catching some rays. So, Greg, this is really exciting. And for our blissful parents that may not know either, I live totally off the grid, too. So this is a oh. topic I'm very excited to talk about uh, as well. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I don't think you knew that either. <laughs> I didn't. No. So I live um, off the grid, but we also live boat access only. So we have to drive a boat to our house. Um, and we wow. have everything is on solar power and hydro and hydropower um, that we've created with a water turbine ourselves. So 
Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're truly off the we grid. We are totally off the grid. Yeah. Wow. Can't drive to our house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's dive into all about you, Greg. I want to hear all about Urban Farm and like what like what inspired you to start an urban farm in Phoenix? Well, the easy answer is I was born with it. At a very young age, I was interested in fish aquariums. I got my first fish aquarium at the age of nine. Cool. <laughs> and I was interested because I wanted to learn how to grow fish for people to eat. Mm. And uh, fast forward a few years, I was 14 years old. I wrote a paper on how we were overfishing the oceans mm-hmm. for an eighth grade paper. Who, who knows? I have no idea where that came from. And a few more years later in 1981, I designed on paper what we would now call a, a regenerative farm mm. where, so in, in our humanness, there's waste. Mm-hmm. In nature, there is no waste. Mm-hmm. So if we look at natural systems and start replicating and mimicking natural systems, in theory, we could get to a place where everything that is produced on a farm could be used as a resource to put back into it or as food. And so this is, you know, this goes back 50 years for me, this interest. And mm-hmm. in, um, in uh, 2001, I was back in college at Arizona State University, getting my bachelor's degree. And I had to write a mission and vision for my life. And at that point, I'd been living in the home that I was in for about 12 years. And I had turned the landscape into an edible food forest. Cool. <laughs> you just walk out into the back backyard and front yard and harvest food. And so I created a mission in that moment that looked like what the urban farm turned into, which was, an, an I called it an environmental showcase home that we'd open up six to eight times a year for people to come in and see tours. So they, what they saw was an edible landscape, lots of fruit trees growing in the desert and um, solar panels on the roof and rainwater and gray water harvesting and, and really what might it take to live more lightly on the planet was really the question that I threw out to people. And so they got to see how to do chickens in the city and how to grow mm-hmm. fruit trees and like that. So. And how difficult was that to grow so many varieties of fruit in an urban environment? Well, the varieties of fruit are dependent on your area. Right. Phoenix, I'm so, sure we've got lots of different like lemons and oranges exactly. and all sorts of things that we would right. be able to do here in the West Coast of BC. But <laughs> Exactly. And so citrus grows great there and we can grow about two dozen different kinds of apples, peaches, apricots, plums, mm. those kinds of things. Now, I live in Asheville, North Carolina now, mm. and that two dozen grows exponentially here wow. because of, you know, there's a myriad of different things that go into growing fruit in an area. And um, there's just a lot more different varieties that will grow in Asheville, North Carolina. So where, what's happened to the house in Phoenix? Oh my gosh, I found an incredible family mm-hmm. that uh, is, so I lived in that house for 32 years. Mm-hmm. I nurtured the soil, I nurtured the landscape, and uh, I used to I used to bring in kids, this was so much fun, I used to bring in young kids to the space, and I'd pull a carrot out of the ground, and I'd take a bite out of it, and the light 
that went on in their brain when that happened was (laughs) was like wow that's (laughs) where food comes from so the family that the family that purchased uh the urban farm in phoenix Mm -hmm. uh is you know they're they ran they actually ran a a community garden for homeless people in phoenix for 10 years so the the space that i worked on for 32 years is in very good hands wow that's amazing yeah very cool and then what's your plans in north carolina um i wanted someplace quieter mm-hmm. and they got more rain mm-hmm. but i could grow things more easily and mm-hmm. and moving to you know north carolina qualifies for all that and moving here as though is a big learning adventure for me mm-hmm. you know if i look out the window at in my house in phoenix i can tell you any trees that i see i know exactly what they are I know what they grow. I know how they grow because I'd been growing, growing them there for 54 years when I left. (laughs) And so it's a, it's a new adventure here. I, I've actually hired a crew to help me figure out Mm -hmm. the landscapes here and what to plant and what grows and, you know, so on and so on. Fascinating. That's so cool. And I think that's uh, really, uh, really interesting um, what you've done. And it's so cool to how I just love your story about the kids, like the, the aha of oh, yeah. uh, growing the food. And I know my kids have been exposed to um, my mother-in-law is a gardener and they grow beans and peas and all sorts of things in the garden here. And my kids just love going out to the backyard and eating, eating stuff off of trees and things. And it's right? just, just like a whole different experience for them too. That's, uh, that's so cool. the thing. If you, if you get kids and I've seen this happen so many times, I did tours at the urban farm for over 20 years. Yeah. And I had a parent one time call me after a tour and they say, what did you do? And I said, Oh, uh-oh, what did I do? And they said, my kids are eating broccoli. I think it was broccoli that we <laughs> picked in. The, they, they're actually yeah. eating broccoli and they never liked broccoli before. If we can get our kids at a very young age mm-hmm. to get their hands in the dirt and get them connected with where food comes from, food does not come from the grocery store. Right. <laughs> food comes from the ground. If we can get them to get that, mm-hmm. magic happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so cool. It's so cool to see. And, you know, bringing you on today, we wanted to talk about like growing our own food and how a garden can really change a child's health forever. So how do parents like that maybe are living in the city? I mean, we have the luxury of living on six and a half acres of prime real estate for growing all sorts of things. But for mm-hmm. people that don't, uh, I, I still, I'm not a gardener myself and I, I, I really need to pay more attention to it and figure out how to like get my hands in the dirt and do more in there um, mm-hmm. when I'm off of the technology here. <laughs> but right. uh, for our families who want to start incorporating this and maybe live in the city environment, like what are your suggestions for getting started? Well, first of all, start simple. Mm. You know, don't go spend a thousand or ten thousand dollars on garden supplies. Right. Start simple. The most expensive thing to buy in the grocery store and the easiest thing to grow are herbs. Mm, yes, agreed. Grow, grow basil in a windowsill. Yeah. Right. And be patient with yourself. In my podcast on the Urban Farm Podcast, one of the questions I ask all my guests, my first time guests is tell me about a time you failed and what you learned from it. (laughs) I promise you, I have killed more plants and more trees 
than all your listeners probably combined in 50 <laughs> years of 45 years of That's growing awesome. food. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. Uh, obviously, it's sad when you kill a plant and so on and so on. But it's okay if something doesn't make it. It's your opportunity to learn, learn exactly. That's a good way of looking at it because I always say, like, I, I kill all the plants we have, but I can keep children alive. So, like, that was If you can keep children alive, you can keep plants alive. No question in my mind. Yeah. So, and then there's the other, the other piece is the health piece of growing your own food. Mm -hmm. And this is really important. There has been studies that have been done that show that kids are healthier if they're eating organic food, food that is grown without pesticides, without herbicides, without chemicals. It is better for us. I only eat organic food. That's just the way it is. And there's the process of the industrial farming system in this country Mm -hmm. is uh, it, on one hand, it's a miracle that we can actually feed 330 million people a day, mm-hmm. three times dish. <laughs> that's a miracle. And that's our industrial food system. The other side of the coin is that our industrial food system provides us with chemical laden manufactured mm-hmm. food products. And that's, mm-hmm. they actually call it that in the industry. These are manufactured food products. And they're not good for our health. Mm-hmm. And by growing your own food, you're, you can control what's going into it. You know, you can grow an organic garden. Mm-hmm. And so the food is healthier for you. It is picked at its peak of ripeness. Mm-hmm. So it's most tasty. And at the same time, it's most nutritious for you. Mm, wow. When I was at, when I was at nutrition school, way back in another career of mine, um, one of the things that was surprising to me to learn is that actually the frozen vegetables and fruit are actually healthier for you than the fresh ones because they're actually uh, frozen at a at a different state, like when they're actually fresher and have more nutrients. Exactly. So, so fascinating. Exactly. So here's here's something that people don't mm-hmm. know. You pick it. You pick a peach when it's not ripe because it has to be shipped. 3,000 miles or mm-hmm. 400 miles or 8,000 miles. It's picked when it's not most nutrient dense. The moment mm-hmm. you pick it, the nutrients start declining. If you've ever eaten a peach from a grocery store and it's like, oh, this is cardboard yeah. <laughs> or a tomato from a grocery store. And it's like, why even bother? That's why mm-hmm. they're picking, they're, they're using chemicals to grow it. They're so picking green. it early mm-hmm. and it's just, you know, it's not nutrient dense for you enough. Wow. So now I have another question about the soil these days, because I mm-hmm. under under the impression that the soil these days does not is not rich enough for us to actually get the nutrients then into the food. Um, is right. that now what about if we were to start a garden in, in the city in our in our home or backyard? Would mm-hmm. that soil then produce nutrient dense food or would we have to supplement that soil? So great question. And what's happened in our country around our soils that we grow food in is all of the micronutrients. So there's macronutrients. You may have heard of NPK, Mm -hmm. nitrogen, potassium. I can't remember off the top of my head what the third one is. That's the macronutrients. That's the stuff that make your plants grow. It doesn't make them healthy. The micronutrients are the things in the soil that make the food healthy. 
Mm-hmm. And what's happened with our farmland over the past 50 to 70 years is all of the micronutrients or a lot of the micronutrients have disappeared. They're using chemical fertilizers and chemical um, uh, pesticides and herbicides on the soil, which is negatively impacting the soil life. And the soil life has a lot to do with being able to mine those micronutrients and make them available for the plants. So basically what we've done in the past 50 plus years in this country is we've used up the soil. So your job, and I have some classes about this that are free online. Your job as a gardener is to create healthy soil. And it's actually super simple. There's five components of healthy soil. You have one of them. It's called dirt. It's the stuff that's out in your yard. It's, it's broken down rocks. It's got micronutrients in it. It's just that the plants can't access it really well. So the five components of healthy soil are dirt, airspace, or uh, water, dirt, airspace, water, organic matter, and everything that's alive in the soil. So the super simple thing to do to fix broken dirt is add organic matter. And you add that in the form of worm poop. They call it worm castings, compost, um, planting mix. And you can, uh, you know, upon arriving here in Asheville, I found a couple of soil companies that actually make bagged soil specifically that's healthy. It's got the right nutrients in it. It's got a lot of that already in it. It's not cheap. That's, in fact, the number one thing for you to do to get a healthy garden growing is to build healthy soil. Mm-hmm. So if you buy cheap soil, mm-hmm. that's the result you're going to expect. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, building soil in pots is easier because you buy this potting mix mm-hmm. and you put it in the pot. In the ground, it's a little harder. It takes a little bit longer. Um, I would say here in my new property, that's the my front yard in back of me, mm-hmm. uh, here in Asheville, it's probably going to take me a good three to four years to get the soil really healthy and growing vibrantly. Mm, wow. Interesting. Yeah. And so um, when we have soil, we have compost in our yards. Mm-hmm. Can we, do we just take the compost directly and put it into the soil and mix it all together? Or you can absolutely that... do that. Okay. Yeah. One of the things that I'm a no-till person, mm-hmm. uh, because when you till up soil, there's there's microorganisms and millions of them in soil. And just in, in the soil, there's different soil strata. So starting at the top, there will be different microorganisms as there are two inches down. And four inches down, there's different microorganisms than there are eight inches down. <laughs> so when we till the soil, we mess all that up. So if you have a brand new garden, like my garden here, I'm going to mm-hmm. till it the first time. Right. to get it started. And then what I do is I add two to four inches of fresh compost every year or two to the top. And I just build, I grow on top of that. Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And in fact, yeah. you have a healthysoilhacked.com toolkit for our parents too, if they want to make healthier soil for that. So you can actually get nutrients out of your vegetables and fruit. Do you, do you have some statistics on like how like a little like actual nutrients are in our food these days? 
Oh, I'm sure I do. I'd have to dig way back here in the way back machine. One of the ones that I remember from nutrition school is like scary. It was like you had to eat, uh, I think it was nine oranges to get the same amount of vitamin C that you used to be able to get from two oranges in like well, the 1950s or something yeah. like that. Like that's, that's one, one that stuck in my head from, from uh, nutrition school like 10 years ago, but mm-hmm. that was 10 years ago. So I'm sure it's even worse now. <laughs> well, and, and it, there's a real easy fix. Mm-hmm. So all of this, we build healthy soil. We add lots of organic matter to our soil. Mm -hmm. There's actually additives that we can add to the soil called mycorrhiza, Mm -hmm. which is soil life that brings that in. And once your soil gets established, all that mycorrhiza is in there, all those, that bacteria and the mushrooms. Mm -hmm. People, I get this from question from people all the time. Oh my gosh, I have mushrooms growing in my yard. How do I kill them? If you have mushrooms growing in your yard, you're doing something right. <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> That's a really good thing. Absolutely. Cool. We live in the west coast of Canada and our forests here, like in October-ish, I can count like 15 different kinds of mushrooms. It's like Isn't just in cool? the forest and our, it's so yeah. interesting how different they all look too. Like they look like brains or they look orange or they're red or they're like, oh, yeah. so, so crazy. <laughs> mushrooms is an interesting, interesting plant. But let's go back to the kids again for a second um, for parents that are getting getting wanting to get going. So the first thing they should, I, I would imagine the first thing to like get them going, get kids excited to start growing some basil or, or cilantro or something or mint or something like in the windowsill to start getting excited about it. Yeah. And if you're doing that with kids, have it be something that they want to eat so mint would be really good probably mm-hmm. not basil although they're in the same family yeah my kids love the basil um, they love going out there and picking and bringing uh, it oh very yeah. good the the other thing about that is that kids love starting seeds mm-hmm. there's this there's this this wonder of i'm going to take this little brown dot and i'm going to put it in a pot and i'm going to mm-hmm. water it And in two or three or eight days, something's going to happen. Something's going to spring out of this pot. And oh, by the way, when, you know, when it's 60 days old, if it was a basil seed, you can eat basil off of it. You can actually eat it. So, you know, engaging them in the wonder of it is, is really, yeah. The other thing is. The other thing the is schools have started doing that too. Like they oftentimes they'll come home with something they planted at school, which is super right? cool. Thank yeah, you exactly. schools for getting them excited about that. <laughs> exactly. The other thing is, is that composting is really important. Mm-hmm. And if you, I get this question from people all the time. I have kitchen scraps. How do I start a compost bin? Mm-hmm. And if all you have is kitchen scraps, you don't have enough stuff for a compost bin. But what you do have, and this is where the kids love it, what you do have is enough scraps for a worm bin. Mm. Composting worms are amazing at what they do. I had, I remember this, my nephew came to the house with his boy school troop maybe 10 years ago, and we had a worm bin in the backyard. Uh, and I was showing them the worms and, you know, boys and worms, and they were all about <laughs> it, right? I don't know. He was probably eight or nine years old. And one of the kids says, ooh, why don't you eat one? So we had that whole conversation as well. <laughs> but, uh, and they ended up eating one. But um, anytime we can engage them at that level, mm-hmm. you know, pull a carrot out of the ground and 
eat it with the dirt on it. Yeah, that's so cool. Right? That that gets them going. And whenever I have kids at the, at the urban farm, uh, there's so many things to eat in the front yard. Because over the course of 32 years, I used a particular kind of seed, mm-hmm. one called an open pollinated seed. Mm-hmm. Basically, what it is, is it's a, it's a seed that will grow a plant, will go to seed, and that seed that you get from that plant, if you plant it again, you're going to get pretty much an exact duplicate of the plant you planted the first, right? So what I used to do with the urban farm and what I'll do here is I just grab those seeds and I spread them everywhere. And at any given moment, there's 10 or 15 or 20 or 30 different kinds of things growing in the yard mm-hmm. that are edible, that have been there really decade over decade. And so what I do is with the kids in the front yard is I just walk around and I say, ooh, try, try this. And I pull a piece of oxalis. It's a, a, four leaf, a three-leaf clover mm-hmm. looking thing. And I said, try this, eat this. And it tastes like lemon. Oh, cool. <laughs> it's lemony. And I had nasturtiums growing in my front yard, which are mm-hmm. edible flowers. And they're kind of little radish tasting like. And mm-hmm. uh, so anytime we can get the kids, get the kids engaging with the food landscape around our yards, uh, you know, we're just going to be that much better off. And That's it so sets cool. in, yeah. it sets in habits for them for life mm-hmm. that, Oh my gosh, that's what broccoli tastes like. I'll go ahead and eat broccoli. And, you know, we're off to the races. You saw where it came from. Yeah. Yep, <laughs> exactly. Really cool. Oh, I love it. Well, Greg, thank you so much for spending this time with us. I know it's so uh, fascinating. I have another couple of questions for you before I let you go. Now, Please. one is on Urban Farm. Um, urbanfarm.org is your website. Yep. Now, you have a bunch of things going on over there. Tell us a little bit about like some of the courses you have. Ah, very good. So we actually have put together uh, multiple courses on how to garden. We have our Jumpstart Your Urban Farm class. It's four course, which is four classes. It, it walks you through how does my urban garden fit into the urban farm arena in my neighborhood, in my city. Mm-hmm. So that's a kind of a bigger look on how we integrate into our food system. We have Growing Food, the Basics, which is a, a nine class course on growing food. It's the basics of growing food. You will learn everything you need to know about growing food in that course. Uh, We have a seed saving course. We have one on introduction to permaculture. We didn't talk about permaculture, but I -hmm. like to call permaculture the art and science of working with nature. So how do we plug into the flow of nature rather Mm -hmm. than trying to work against nature? Nature's always going to win. We have one on aquaponics and... um, so many cool yeah. things. Yeah. yeah. So you can find all those courses over at urbanfarm.org. And Greg, what's your big vision with Urban Farm? Uh, in 1991, I did a course at Landmark Education. Mm-hmm. And oh, this was 32 years, 31 years ago. I was 31 years old. So it was half my life ago that this happened. And I created this vision that I am the person on the planet responsible for transforming our global food system. And I don't interact with that like a burden. I interact with that like, oh, my gosh, this is what I get to do today. And we do that with gardens in our front and backyard. Mm. Our global food system is fixed and thriving in our front and backyard. But, you know, and, and one more thing. When I went back to college, I went back to college at the age of 39. And one of the things that I did while I was in college 
was I farmed my front and backyard. So at the age of 40 years, years old, I was growing food in my front and backyard. I was harvesting it every week, taking it to a local farmer's market. I'd come home with you know, two or $300 cash for eight hours worth of work. And anything I had left over at the market, I had a friend of mine that owned a restaurant. I took it to her and she fed me lunch. So mm-hmm. if you're a stay-at-home mom or dad, mm-hmm. or if you have a teenage kid that wants to start a little business, start growing food. And a lot of farmer's markets these days have community booths. Mm-hmm. That So you just grow a lot of basil. Mm-hmm. You package it up once a week and take it to the community booth and they'll sell it for you and then they'll pay you. Wouldn't that be yeah. great for a yeah. teenage kid to get going in? Right. Yeah. Great little business. I love it. Yeah. Good idea. So cool. So Greg, anything that you'd like to share with our parents before I let you go? Don't be afraid to fail, to lose plants. It happens. Be curious, you know, be curious about what's going on in that pot or in that, with that plant and, and figure it out and, you know, get your kids, pull your kids in. It's like, okay, Mm -hmm. this tomato plant here is doing really good. And this one over here is looking wilty. Mm -hmm. What does Google say about that? (laughs) Duck, duck, go, or one of the, you know, figure that out because there's so much to learn. Plus it gets us away from, you know, the technology and that kind of stuff. It gets us, it gets the kids outside in their hand with their hands in the dirt. I love it. So cool. Nothing better than uh, even for parents too. meditative, de-stressing, get your hands in the dirt uh, kind of way. Amen to that. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Greg, for joining us today. It's been super fun having yeah. you. We've learned lots of Thank great you. things. Parent blissful parents out there, go check out urbanfarm.org. See what you can discover there with you and your kids. And uh, make sure you reach out to Greg. All right. Talk to you guys soon. See you all next week. This episode is brought to you by the Blissful Parenting Toolbox. If you're looking for better ways to communicate with your child, deal with challenging behavior, or just improve your parenting skills, our free parenting toolbox contains the best resources from our expert workshops, as well as contributions from our podcast guests. These tools could be the missing link that you've been looking for to solve everyday parenting challenges and to access highly effective ways to communicate with your child without triggering conflict, arguments, or meltdowns. The best part is that these resources, tools, and templates are completely free and are a gift to you for being a valued member of our community and subscriber to our show. To get free instant access to the Blissful Parenting Toolbox today by visiting www.blissfulparenting.com forward slash toolbox. That address again, www.blissfulparenting.com forward slash toolbox. Register today and we'll see you on the inside.